Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal's not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. Okay, final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. Joe Concha filling in for Sean. And, you know, Hannity doesn't talk about it too much, but he's a bit of a sports nut to a certain extent. And I thought, all right, why don't we get one of the top sports commentators out there on this show for a little change of pace Thursday, 4th of July week, and talk about the state of of sports in 2022 so who better than the bringing a texas boy in tim brando fox sports and big daddy b to four grandchildren it's all true timmy how are you you're gonna get me in trouble now it's louisiana joe I'm, but i'm on the texas border okay i'm right up there i'm almost in wilkane country but i'm right on the texas border <laughs> in louisiana a lot of people in South Louisiana, uh, Louisiana would say, "No, Brando, that really is Texas." They should <laughs> right, have long ago. But those, I appreciate that. <laughs> those are the people I've talked to. All right, how about a, a Gulf Coast boy? How does that sound? Yeah, there you go. That'll work. <laughs> All right, we can do that. So, Tim, you know, did you ever think that we'd get to a point in sports, especially on the collegiate level, where we see someone like Leah Thomas? relatively average swimmer on the men's side just decide to declare that he's a woman and then be allowed to race at the university of pennsylvania against those that have a biological disadvantage what are your thoughts on this the first and foremost thing that jumps into my head i mean a year when we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of title nine i don't know how we can celebrate that and simultaneously just give a pass to what's happening now in this particular Olympic sport that is part of Title IX and part of uh, the NCAA's non-revenue-producing sports that for, for years, for eons, um, college football has been funneling all of that money into their institutions, and the NCAA men's basketball tournament has been funneling money into those institutions to support non-revenue-producing sports. Uh, listen, I have covered my fair share 
of uh, Olympic sports, did some swimming and diving years ago when I was at ESPN, and know a lot of the people in it, including Rowdy Gaines, a, a great broadcaster. And, you know, what Riley Gaines, the Kentucky swimmer, had to say on Nightline uh, some time back about, I think the quote was, our priorities are fairness, correct? Which it should be in sports. Well, why are we completely neglecting that for one person? That was a, <laughs> hmm. uh, that was prescient to me. Uh, why that has not resonated and why we've not heard more of what Riley Gaines had to say, because many people, particularly in a year, as I said, we're, we're celebrating 50 years of Taliban's existence in 1972, and particularly for those of us from a personal standpoint that have raised uh, young women to compete, uh, albeit at Little League or at any particular level, we want fairness for women in sports. And, um, you know, I haven't heard many people speak out other than Caitlyn Jenner on this. And, and frankly, I'm a little surprised. I'm surprised more haven't come forward to say, wait a minute, we need to pump the brakes here. Um, as for Leah herself, again, I, I understand and I have empathy for the circumstances that she faced personally, but there is absolutely no doubt that she has a physical advantage. Because That's right. Because of the decision that she made. And when those hormones were being installed, it gave her a, a competitive advantage. And uh, it's it's sad that we haven't had more balance to the story, Joe. That's the thing that bothers me most about it. Right. If you bring it up on the air and you question if this is fair to other female competitors that are out there, then suddenly you may be, at least on social media, uh, be called a transphobe. It's like, no, no, no. From my perspective, Tim, my wife ran track Division One Georgetown. And yeah. she's not a very political person, right? She's a doctor, which is a pretty yeah. tough job when you work in an ER. And then she's trying to raise uh, our two kids along with me and putting up with me, which is a full-time job in its own right. And <laughs> she's not watching cable news or listening to talk yeah. radio all that much because she's got too much other stuff going on. But when she heard about this and she read about it, I've never seen her more passionate saying, wait a minute, you don't understand the kind of sacrifice you have to make in high school and then in college to get to a division one level and compete. And imagine that you do all the hard work and all the discipline. And then when you go into a race, you know, you're going to lose to somebody who has a distinct advantage. And I thought she just articulated perfectly because no one talks about the, the girls that are on those platforms with Leah Thomas when she He's in the gold yeah. medal status, and then they're below, and they know, wait a minute, I should be up there <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. this person has an advantage. And I just wonder how this situation is different from any Major League Baseball player who took steroids to gain a distinct advantage. You know, Clemens' fastball got faster when he approached 40, and Barry Bonds is hitting home runs yeah. like he never had before when he's approaching 40. And you remember the East Germans and the female athletes there were, were given God knows what before they competed, and they looked just as big and strong as men. So if we could ban steroids from the sport, I don't see why we can't find another place for, for Leah Thomas. I don't know what that is, or maybe she competes, but then you have two winners, right? The, the, the biological winner and then Leah Thomas, if she happens to win that sport, would that make sense? It is a sign of the times. There's no question about that. Now we should bring up because it's fact that the NCAA had rules in place for her to compete. Uh, now they've, they've, they've since backed off that a little bit and said, you know, 
we're now going to follow the rules of the the NGBs on all of these issues. And NGB, NGBs are the national governing bodies right. uh, for swimming. If if there are any changes, we'll see. But there hasn't been, and again, I go back to lack of balance in reporting. There hasn't been enough of that, okay, in, in my view, particularly given how much we have celebrated in a uh, remarkable year, really, for women's athletics at the NCAA level. So much has happened uh, in the last 50 years, and I, for one, uh, am a strong proponent <laughs> of Title IX. I think it, um, it gave women an opportunity that was incredibly beneficial and yeah, I have to tell people so many times that, for instance, the NCAA did not recognize women's basketball championships until 1982. That's true. And, and from a personal perspective, uh, Tim, and, and we'll move on to our next topic after this, my eight-year-old had to play against a boy who thinks he's a girl in soccer not too long ago. I'm talking eight years old. And, yeah. and it might as well have been Pele out there. And it was unfair. My daughter, who was damn good, asked why a boy was allowed to play, and she she was confused she wasn't saying anything mean or or had any vindictive sort of uh tone to her that's not who she is she just couldn't understand why a boy was out there and was allowed to play in a girl's game uh, so and i had no good answer for her by the way so i'll just leave it there and, and hopefully when you do more sports shows or we see sports shows maybe this will bring up but they would have by now so i doubt that's going to happen i want to move on to the great novak djokovic right and and he's playing in the semifinals at wimbledon on friday and I watch two tournaments a year, Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, as far as tennis is concerned. And, and Jokovic is, is probably, I don't know, the best player in the world based on his ranking is number one. Yet he may not be able to play in the U.S. Open in New York because he isn't vaccinated. And, and here we have one of the greatest athletes in the world. And he's still impacted by this, you know, backward ass thinking around, you know, young, healthy people absolutely needing to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, what? is the solution here because i'm at madison square garden not too long ago for the big east tournament which you were uh very uh helpful in getting me tickets for so thank you for that but uh <laughs> people are in there screaming right or fifty thousand people at a yankee game but they won't allow one player two and a half years later after covid and who had covid by the way so as the antibodies they may not let him compete how does that make any sense again i go back to the times that we're living in and know that Djokovic has always been uh, a fun-loving, entertaining, and sometimes misunderstood athlete. Uh, as we're speaking now, the big story at Wimbledon is on that comeback in the quarters. Did you see him smelling uh, whatever it was he was drinking out of the bottle? Oh my! Yeah. What what possibly could be in Novak's? I'm really curious to see or hear uh, what might be in there. You know, unbelievable. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, he's being microscoped in a way that um, none of the, the greats from any other uh, generation have been microscoped. And, again, I, it all goes back to where we are today and, again, where uh, the USTA stands, not only you know from the way it's governed itself in the past, but the way it's governing itself now. Uh, and, and the event being held in New York. You know how big a deal it is. People that don't know, not, a, not only know much about sports, don't know anything about tennis, go to the U.S. Open. Okay, it's like the Kentucky Derby of uh, people watching for uh, Manhattan and maybe a couple of other boroughs. 
you know, they, they just want to be seen there. Yeah. Okay. And this, this is what brings all the attention uh, to Djokovic because he is one of those uh, rare commodities that we see in an individual sport that uh, speaks his mind, doesn't mind from time to time being a bad boy. You know, years ago, uh, guys like uh, Ilya Nastasi and uh, McEnroe were revered for being different. Okay? Oh, yeah. Not now. Okay? <laughs> you, know, you need to get in line and, and play the corporate game the way we want you to play the corporate game. Uh, listen, um, what happened in the past with COVID, we all understand it. We needed to, and, I, and cert- listen, I took every shot that was available, and, and we'll be getting another one before I go to my uh, upcoming seminar in Los Angeles. Uh, if they've got an extra booster for seniors, hey, man, I'm in. I'll take it. But if he chooses not to take it, uh, and, and not to take it now versus then, you know, I could see it, you know, in the past. We, we, we were in the middle of it. But we've now learned how to live with it. Okay, we now know more about it than we once did. Uh, the minds of so many, uh, even within the CDC, have changed. But again, it goes back to a sign of the times. And and Djokovic, uh, for whatever reason, is on the wrong side of uh, the political process that's taking place with the USDA. That would be a shame that the number one player in the world in oh, Djokovic, uh, I, I, as you said, all those celebrities are going to be upset, but the, the casual sports fan who would tune in. Absolutely. This is going to hurt uh, ratings, no doubt. We're going to come back with Tim Brando for the second half of this interview in just a moment. I want to talk about the expansion of the college football playoff, which is a near and dear topic to Tim Brando's heart, and about Mr. Brando admitting that he's a Republican in an industry that doesn't exactly bear hug people who say they're Republicans. Back with more of the Sean Hannity Show in just a moment. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. 
Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Keeping the truth alive. Hannity is on right now. Joe Concha in for Sean. We're talking to Tim Brando, national sports commentator for Fox Sports. Tim, on the college football front, there is a playoff that currently happens that has four teams, and you're a big advocate for expanding that playoff. Why is that? Because I think it's an, it's exclusive. We need to make it more inclusive. Okay, college football has been slow to change. I think the only sport slower probably is Major League Baseball, but, but, but college football has been governed by the haves, and we just have forgotten the have-nots for a long time. That's now, much of what's happening currently in college football would have you think that maybe it's even getting worse because of realignment taking place with USC and, and, um, and UCLA going to the Big Ten and with the acquisition of Oklahoma and Texas by the SEC. But I, yeah. I think differently about this, Joe. It's going to make it better, okay, to give us more really good games within conferences. We're, we're, we've got way too many blowouts and way too many games people don't want to see That's true. that the haves are able to schedule. So they only have to really win maybe eight games within their conference to get in the top four. And it's the same names every year. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, maybe other forms of uh, SEC like LSU and so on. This now, I believe, will give us a chance to see not only greater games during the regular season, but have the vote go the way I want it for 12 teams to be in a college football playoff once the new CFB contract comes up. And it makes sense because most of the games are played when they're on break anyway, right? So I don't think academically it really has a problem. And and people want this thing expanded. The the four teams has just been so anticlimactic, for lack of a better term. Last year's championship game was great, Alabama-Georgia. But the the, the semifinals never seem to live up to the hype. Uh, Tim, one more question for you before we go. So you're a Republican, and you work in a sports industry that seems to be dominated by those who lean left or openly left. Do you get any blowback at all from those that you work with, or are you just so respected that no one's going to screw with Tim Brando? It's like screwing with the I think it helps to I think it helps to have had five decades in the business to something that Joe. Five? And, and you started I, when you were 10. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. and by the way, I'm, uh, I, I'm a conservative, but I'm a compassionate conservative. Uh, I'm not as, uh, I'm not right of a till of the hun. Okay? <laughs> I, I consider myself in some measure when it comes especially to uh, physical views, very conservative, and I think when it comes to social issues, uh, a lot more liberal than m- many other Republicans might be considered to be. But in truth, I think a lot of it has to do with just being true to yourself. It's great that you're speaking uh, to your principles and your beliefs, and that's why we had you here, Tim Brando. You enjoy the after Fourth of July weekend, and uh, say hi to everybody in Southeast Louisiana for me, not Texas. <laughs> you got it. And by the way, inclusion in college football. We don't. We don't need exclusion. We need inclusion. 
Okay. That is a bumper sticker, and we're going to print it. Tim Brando, thank you, sir. Thanks, Joe. My pleasure. All right, man. Back with more of the Sean Hannity Show in just a moment. James Comey, you have the right to remain silent. And you might want to use it. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I still get such a kick that I hear Scott Shannon's voice, <laughs> who I grew up with in New York City on a station called WPLJ. Uh, you're doing the morning show, I believe, and, and, and he still sounds great. I, I just wanted to share that for whatever reason. Also, what I want to share is that we're going to have Carol Roth with us right now. And she is an entrepreneur and the author of the great book, and I mean it's great, The War on Small Business, How the Government Used the Pandemic to Crush the Backbone of America. And Carol wrote this book kind of pre-Biden for the most part, and everything that you read in it is completely and totally true. It's like me picking a, a football game, like just do the opposite. I mean, in this case, she got everything, boom, done, on cue. I mean, Carol, how did you become so prophetic? <laughs> well, Joe, great to be with you. And I wish I would could say that this was, you know, some amazing um, you know, thing that I have where I'm able to just nail everything perfectly. But so many of these outcomes that we have seen, uh, whether it was, you know, from 2020 or from, you know, what the Biden administration did in early 2021, were so obvious. You know, it, it, you could pick a, a puppy off the street and he couldn't see it. You know, you've got, you've got people who are still arguing, oh, the thing that was called stimulus wasn't responsible for stimulating the economy. I, so it's, you know, th these things are pretty obvious. You know, sometimes they're right in the title. And so, as I said, I, I wish I could take credit for being some great uh, prognosticator here, but this is pretty much just common sense. Give me some of the obvious that you're talking about. In other words, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I could kind of <laughs> cue this up for you. So when the Biden administration was pushing something called Build Back Better, that I'm old enough to remember, I believe that was at the end of last year, early this year, and they said if we spend $5.5 trillion more, that it will lower inflation and the deficit. You're saying that that doesn't work from an economics perspective? <laughs> no, I think that uh, nod to Sean that he calls it Build Back Broke. You know, it's well. pr pretty obvious that that wasn't going to happen. And even before that, the quote-unquote American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion, where they were going to take and just throw more money into an economy that was opening back up, where we had vaccines, that was entirely supply-constrained. You know, that's economics 101. More money, more demand with less supply, what do you think is going to happen? That is going to drive prices up. That is going to be inflation. The same thing with what they did with oil and gas. You know, he can say it as often as he wants, but he campaigned on the fact that he wanted to shut down the oil and gas industry. So when you cancel leases, when you cancel work on a pipeline, and most importantly, when you direct capital away from the industry, you tell your folks, you know, follow ESG. This is a bad investment. Don't make long-term investments in this industry. Of course, you're going to have this outcome. You know, as the big oil companies have said, we're not going to make multi-billion dollar long-term investments 
to bail you out politically in the short run. They need some sort of a commitment. So obviously that was going to have an impact on gas prices, whether or not the Russia-Ukraine situation happens. We're talking to Carol Roth. Wait a minute, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to say nyet, which means no in the (laughs) Russian, right? So you're saying that perhaps it isn't Vladimir Putin's fault in terms of his invasion of ukraine that happened about four or five months ago because i was being told and i'm still being told by this administration by this president by this vice president that that's when inflation and gas prices really began to shoot up you're saying it happened before then i mean i remember i'm old enough to remember january of, of this year you know it, it was quite some time ago but i can still remember back to january when inflation hit a 40-year high I'm also um, have a good enough memory to remember that was before Russia invaded Ukraine. So certainly it exacerbated the problem. But again, if we had stayed on the trajectory that we had been on under the Trump administration before COVID and we had continued investing in fossil fuels and we continued with the production and the refining, we still wouldn't have been in the same kind of issue and we would have been able to secure our economic future our national security, not just for us, but also for our allies. So we've analyzed the problem, Carol Roth, and we know who to blame. And these are all self-inflicted wounds. My question is, if you were in control, right, if we had Queen Roth right now, Queen Carol, and you just had complete and total power to fix the problem, and it wouldn't be an overnight fix, clearly, because there's a there's a lot to undo. But what would you do in order to get us back on the path where we have inflation where it was under President Trump, which was well below 2%, and you had the kind of growth that we had in low unemployment? How do we get back to that? Lord, why do I always have to come in and clean up everybody else's messes? Why, <laughs> why don't I get a chance to come in when, you know, the, the past couple of years when I was saying, don't do this and prevent the problem? Why am I always like on cleanup <laughs> patrol here, Joe? I always well, draw the short straw. I'm certainly not a plastic straw because those aren't allowed anymore. Um, but, you know, it's a huge challenge because they have created this mess. And if they want to get down inflation, that means they have to, quote, unquote, cool the economy. And you know what that means? That means potentially putting us in a recession, which, based on the Atlanta Fed projections, we're probably in right now. So, you know, there isn't an easy answer that the things that they have done uh, the short-term benefits that they gain by doing these things have long-term real pain associated for it with it for the average American. And so I can't say, you know, here are all the things you can do. I think the number one thing that they could obviously do is do a 180 on energy policy. You have to put out to the industry we are making a long-term commitment to fossil fuels it doesn't mean we're going to stop with our green initiatives but now we realize that human flourishing depends on having access to energy and the world hasn't made these you know appropriate investments we've gone in the wrong direction so now we're going to do a 180 he can take full credit for it if he wants but that's the number one thing, because obviously that flows through everything. You know, it, it impacts not just gasoline, it, it impacts goods getting from point, to point A to point B. It has all kinds of derivative products that affect our food supply and everything else. I mean, it's so critical. If, if, I, if I had to come in and do a cleanup, that's easily the first thing I would do. 
that would be a good start, right? And then do you think we could ever get back to a point, Carol Roth, where – and I'm going to give Bill Clinton credit, right? Because when he took a shellacking in 1994 in those midterms, losing 54 seats, Clinton at least said, all right, I guess I'm going to have to work with the other side. And he did with Newt Gingrich. And he passed this thing called, on top of welfare reform, a balanced budget amendment. I know that's a foreign concept for the younger listeners out there right now. But you had Republicans and Democrats come together and say that we are actually going to try to operate where we have a budget surplus. And they achieved it. Is that possible ever again? Or are Republicans and Democrats just too power hungry that they're just going to spend what they're going to spend to stay in power? I'm starting to hear like a like, you know, with the sunshine and a unicorn going and a rainbow. I did too. Um, you know, you have to hope that there's some group of people who have the willpower to come in and say, we're not going to be these political animals. We know that, you know, in the short term, you know, there may be people who are upset, but this is for everybody's long-term benefit. And I think we can point to something like the American Rescue Plan, where you may have gotten a thousand dollars, but it cost you six thousand dollars during this year or more for your family in inflation. It's the same kind of thing with balancing the budget. You may lose out on that little benefit you get, but long term, it's for our economic security and your economic security. So it would be wonderful. It would be the happiest day for me if that happened, um, and for America. But you know, who is this magic person? who's going to come up, you know, with the fortitude and be able to bring, um, you know, the clown show of Congress together to be able to get that done. I am not seeing the seedings of that, but I would love, love, love nothing more than to be wrong about that. And we're talking to Carol Roth. You can follow her on Twitter at Carol J.S. Roth. It is a must-read kind of Twitter account. You get the twitchy treatment a lot, Carol, which means there's this great site called Twitchy, and they just go through utterly ridiculous tweets and people's responses to them. And that usually every other day, it seems now, involves Carol Roth verbally body-slamming somebody to the point where it's a TKO in the first round kind of thing. So you're going to want to follow her for thoughts like this. Quote, this is from Carol Roth, Charlie's Angels, they could solve about any crime but couldn't figure out what their own boss looked like. That's a very true point, Carol. Yes, I have lots of very deep insights, and I happen to be a very big fan of vintage Charlie's Angels. I had a, the, the lunchbox, you know, back when I was a wee lass. I, I wanted to be one of Charlie's Angels when I grew up. And in watching the program, the reruns, um, it did occur to me that these were wonderful, dynamic, crime-solving women that could, you know, figure out the, the craziest crimes, yet they always went, Oh, I wonder what our boss Charlie looks like. So that was so <laughs> curious to me that they could never find a way to, to figure that one out. It's not like they didn't have his phone number, right? He's right, right there in the speakerphone. You could trace that call. Right. You would, you would think with all the resources they had that they would be able to figure that out. But for whatever reason, that always eluded them. But people have told me that it was Blake Carrington from Dynasty. So it was an amazing coincidence. That was the voice, wasn't John Forsythe? Forsythe, yes. Yeah, okay. A little young, but for whatever reason, I remember that for whatever reason. I, what I always found amazing was Friday nights when we were young kids, <laughs> CBS had the number one and number two shows on television, but they couldn't be any different from each other. The Dukes of Hazard at eight, right? And, and nine o'clock Dallas. <laughs> I, know, I know you love you love yourself some J.R. Ewing and some Dallas. Big time. Joe. 
Yes, yes. I mean, just a, a tremendous show. And my parents let me watch it when I was like eight. And, you know, there were some provocative things that were said on that particular program. Uh, do want to also talk about this, Carol, uh, because, you know, this is just breaking today, unfortunately. And uh, as, as you note on your Twitter feed and as I've been reading about uh, the great Jimmy Kahn, James yeah. Kahn, 82 years old. Amazing. He's 82. Uh, you know, obviously played Sonny Corleone in, in The Godfather and in many other great movies as well. Uh, he, he has passed away, unfortunately, and I, I think we watched one of the greats. I really do. And uh, just an actor from another time, quite frankly. Yeah, no, just tre- tremendous, uh, a huge loss for pop culture and the acting world, and certainly will be remembered, if not as the greatest, one of the greatest movies of all time, and just an all-star cast and all por- all-star performances. So RIP to James Kahn. Do you come down on the side that The Godfather can't be touched and not even by such a classic, and we lost, obviously, Ray Liotta not too long ago uh, from Goodfellas? You had to make a choice. You could watch one movie, you know, with some bourbon and some popcorn. Uh, Which would it be? Is it The Godfather or Goodfellas or another crime movie, bomb movie that I'm not thinking of right now? All right. So this this is the, the distinction that I have is it depends on how much time, because the beginning, you know, like the first. 40, 45 minutes of Goodfellas is just amazing, but it does go off the rails later. So if you want that sort of complete front-to-back experience, you've got a few hours to invest, you're certainly going to go with The Godfather, but for that quick fix, then you got to go with Goodfellas. That's a great point. You know, I guess when Ray Liotta, you know, when he's Henry Hill and he's getting chased by helicopters, but he's got to go back and get the babysitter's hat because she's actually curring the drugs. Yeah, Yeah, I guess maybe at that point. Yep. That's a great point. Okay. All right. I I could buy that. My final question to you, Carol. Yes. What did you spend your 16 cents that you saved on last year's (laughs) 4th of July barbecue on this year? Well, unfortunately, I invested it in the market, so it lost oh. about 30%. So, you know, I, I, I lost that, and then it cost us what, an extra $10.18. Um, so I hope everybody took their 16-cent savings from last year <laughs> and did something better with it uh, because we all paid very dearly this year. Well, give me a 20-second answer. Is this the good time to invest? Are we at the bottom where we should be buying on the dip? <laughs> So, um, very short answer is that, you know, if you have a 401k match or it's something you do on a disciplined basis, it's always good to have that discipline of investing, but there's a good likelihood that we do go lower because earnings will likely come down in the next couple quarters as these sort of recessionary um, forces take hold. And on that sunny note, we leave Carol Roth, entrepreneur and the author of The War on Small Business, How the Government Used the Pandemic to Crush the Backbone of America. Get it wherever you buy books. It is a must-read. Carol Roth, enjoy your long weekend. Hopefully it's a long weekend. Uh, Yes, thank you, and also I'm very excited for your book, Joe. Ah, yes, yes. Come on, man, about the Joe Biden presidency. It doesn't come out until September 27th, but i got to start promoting that more, so I'll get on that. pre-order that. Thank you, Carol. You have a good one. You as well. Back with more of the Sean Hannity Show in just a moment. John Kerry making America green one Learjet liberal flight at a time. You just can't make this stuff up. Sean Hannity is on right now. 
Wow, the show is already over. Three hours, just like that. I sit in a car in traffic. It feels like forever, but this went by fast. Thank you for your calls. Thanks to our guests. And please do buy my book. I'm going to get to that annoying stage now where I bring it up like every five seconds. It's called Come On, Man. It is the truth about Joe Biden's no good, horrible, very bad presidency. That's actually the title. And it comes out September 27th, but if you order it now, it costs a lot less and stuff. So please do get on that. And thanks to Linda, our producer today. Hopefully you have me back. Everybody, you have a great Thursday night in July, summer. Try to enjoy it, please. This is Joe Concha signing off. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.